Welcome to Events Heist, the podcast game show about post-COVID events and the event professionals that run them. In this episode, you're going to hear from Julie Boulanger and Sabina Medina. Julie is the operation and event manager at ACIMO. She started her events career at university, shifted to another industry, but eventually returned to the events industry, vowing never to leave again. She misses live events, human connection, and those 2 a.m. emergency event calls. Our other guest, Sabina, transitioned from the events industry to corporate wellness consultant. Hear her war story involving a vegetarian attendee and a salmon. Julie, could you kick off by introducing yourself with your name, title, and company? Yeah, sure. So I am Julie Boulanger. I am French, as you can hear. I've been in the events industry working for the company called Acomo, and my title is Operations and Event Manager. Sabina, over to you. Hello, my name is Sabina and I'm from Barcelona, um, where I'm connecting from. I also worked in the events industry for about 15 years. My last job was with Acomo, with Julie, with the incredible team there. And I now focus my efforts on creating wellness in the corporate environment. So I work for myself. Okay, so you'll both be starting at the helicopter and the aim of this game is to get to the mint. It's a snakes and ladders board, which I think is appropriate for events because it's two steps forward and 10 steps back. If you land on an open manhole, you move back down the board and the ladders let you jump ahead. So that is how the game works. You can also lifeline. So what that means is anytime you don't have a good answer or you just feel like other player has a better answer, you can lifeline to them and you defer the question to the other player. They get to move up to you where you are, or you get to move up to where they are, and then you get a, a, another question. So it's a win-win. And that's the cooperative element of this game. Okay, so Julie, you've rolled a two, and you're mm-hmm. up the ladder. Yay! So how many events have you run in your professional career? Does university count as a professional yes, career? absolutely. Uh, let's your say events career. probably around 30-something. Okay, so Julie, uh, Sabrina, over to you, okay. and you've rolled a seven. Okay. I'll ask you the same question. How many events have you run in your events career? So I have no idea, but 200, 300, I don't know. It, it has been a varied career, anything from five people to 2,000 people. All right, so back to you, Julie. You've rolled a six. How many years have you been in the events industry? Mm, Let's say five, six. And back to you, Sabina, you've rolled a six. So Sabina, what's, uh, what's the biggest event that you've organized, worked on, if you want to share with us? It's a beautiful event. It was a yearly event that was uh, all around polo, playing polo. And it's a a festival over three days for about 8,000 people every day. A good old-fashioned English festival (laughs) with hats on and everything else. So polo as in the game polo with the horses? Polo on a horse. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So Julie, uh, tell me, how did you get into events? I think I've always been in the events without knowing it. Um, When I was at university, I loved always being part of associations. And 
I was invited to become a member of the association organizing events in the industry, uh, in the university, sorry. And I just liked it. I just liked the logistics behind it. And the year after the president was leaving and they, and they said, I mean, the best person with the logistics handling is definitely you. So then I became the president. And then I kind of shifted apart from this and left it on the side, trying to do other things and testing, searching for what I wanted to do. And five years ago, I found this company, Acomo, and uh, passed an interview with Jason uh, successfully. So I started working uh, in the event industry for real. And I think I'm just not going to leave it now. <laughs> Excellent. Tell me about the first event you organized. Well, the very first one would have been with friends because I'm always, I love networking. I love connecting with people and connecting people between, uh, among themselves. So it would have been some, some sort of gathering with friends. Yeah, I just love to mix friends from different areas, different sectors and see what happens. Like if you are mixing ingredients in a cocktail and see what comes out with. <laughs> so it would have been that, yes. Fantastic. Okay, so your question is your favorite post-event junk food or drink? Oh, I've seen that question yes. many times on your uh, podcast. It's going to be boring, but I'm not sure I eat that much junk food. Usually after a successful event, we treat ourselves with a good meal. Mm -hmm. And my go-to favorite is tuna tataki. So what do you love or hate about events? I love uh, that you're connecting with people. You're always meeting new people and that's enriching. That's really enriching personally. And what do I hate? The stress of it, right? I mean, it's a love and hate relationship with the stress of it, the last minute changes. And it's what gives the industry the, the hype, the variety and the interest, uh, but also it, it creates a lot of stress. <laughs> Have you met any celebrities on the job and what were they like? I've met only one. She was a famous actress from the United States of America. She was very nice. She was very down to earth. She was probably the less demanding. So what's your favorite post-event junk food or drink? I feel like there are two types. When it's early enough to celebrate, it's definitely champagne. And if it's too late, like it's 1, 2 a.m. finish time, uh, it's going to be some kebab. Describe for me the moment that you knew COVID was going to turn the industry upside down. I think it's been a little bit gradual on the sense that we were all watching the news. And I think everybody at that time was like, no, this is just in Asia. It's not going to come to Europe or the rest of the world. But then in Barcelona in February, we were expecting a Mobile World Congress to happen. Uh, when we find out that Mobile World Congress was getting postponed, we were like, oh, so this is happening. And I'm going to ask you the same question. Describe for me the moment that it dawned on you that it wasn't going back to what it used to be. At some point, all of a sudden we were, not all of a sudden, but we found ourselves working from home, not, not really seeing each other, having meetings on Zoom. And then we, we realized that was for the long term, like it wasn't going to be just a couple of weeks and going back to the office. What do you miss the most about live events? And what do you not miss? 
I think I miss the human connection. It's never going to be the same with the camera. It's, it's just not the same. I don't even know there's, if there's anything that I don't miss. Even the 2 a.m. phone calls of an emergency. I miss those. Like, <laughs> please don't let me sleep one entire night. I want <laughs> to have sleepless nights, like working and being fast-paced. Tell me a bit about your journey from working in events to working in what you're, you're doing now in wellness. It was definitely pre-COVID. So about six years ago, I got into the wellness, just trying to look after myself. Every kind of journey like that starts with oneself. I was working back in London six years ago, uh, working 70, 80 hours a week, not having a private life. And I, I, I asked myself, do I want to be in the same position in five years time? Definitely not. Even though I love events and I, I love to work uh, organizing events, I wanted to have a little bit more stability and more future. What industries have you done events for and what's your favorite? We worked on advertising and also real estate, movie industry. My favorite one, probably the advertising. It's uh, much more fun, dynamic, a little bit younger, I guess, also. All right, so Sabina, you rolled a six. At what, point, at what point can I do the, the live land? Anytime. Did well, I you, drop? Yes, you did. So it's oh, probably a good time to live land. <laughs> Please, can I do that? Sure. Julie, <laughs> tell me about your favorite type of event. The one that I have in mind is probably one of the latest that I've attended, which was IBTM. I like congresses in general, but I really like the IBTM one. The talks and the, the learning that I got out of it was astonishing. All right, Sabina. So you get another question since you lifelined. Uh, what's your favorite events war story? I remember having a heated discussion on the phone with a client because they were very determined that they were vegetarian, but they wanted the fish as a main course. I have always been vegetarian, but I want the, I want the salmon as a main course. So obviously, back in the times, I, I, don't, I don't think we, we were very so clear about what was what. And I remember I, I, I was very patient, but I, it was half an hour conversation trying to explain the differences. <laughs> So what's your emergency kit during events? Probably my water bottle, trying to always be drinking because this is something that we easily forget. What was the most stressful event you've ever organized? I think it was equally stressful as it was rewarding. It was an event that I organized from scratch, idea concept to delivery and post event. It was a lot and I had a lot to prove as well. I was at the beginning of a, of a specific job. How did you find the switch to virtual events during COVID? I was in denial phase for quite a long time. And after the denial phase, I was like, well, this is way too complicated. I'm just not going to be able to. And after that, I was like, okay, I'll just dive into it, like tiptoeing. Tell me about the industries that you've done events for and what was your favorite? I used to work the annual dinner for Formula One. Uh, association that was a lot of fun it attracts a lot of competitive people know how to have fun as well have you read or watched anything recently that you would share with other event professionals recently i've read the book our house is on fire by the family of greta thunberg and right now i'm reading the bill gates how to avoid a climate disaster i think these two are very complementary and very different opinions even if they are going in the same direction sabini wrote a six fortunately you went down a man oh no, so no. <laughs> you can lifeline probably a good strategic move for you too yeah i'm interested to know Julie's answer. <laughs>
Hey, Julie, same question no. to you. Unlimited supply of just one thing during an event, what would it be? I always feel very guilty of uh, having people flying around to attend events. So if we could fly for zero carbon footprint and also commute to every venues or different locations that we use for our events, that would be my unlimited one. Awesome. All right, Sabina, you've lifeline, so you get another question. If you could pick one speaker for your own event, dead or alive, who would it be? I'm going to ask Dolly Parton to come to my event. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I need an entertainer. <laughs> I think she's pretty cool as a person herself as well. And it shows my love for country music. <laughs> Fantastic. So what, what keeps you awake at night these days? Guilt of everything. I feel guilty for everything that I'm doing or that I'm not doing. Uh, things that I'm doing that are probably not right. Or it's just, it's frustrating. I don't know if it's because... As a woman, we are feeling guilty for not doing enough, even though we're probably doing sometimes much more than what we should. Wow, that was dark. Wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> if you could have an event pet, a pet that keeps you company during an event, could be any kind of animal, what would it yeah. be? I love elephants, but that's just not practical to have. To yeah, I, f- I feel like that wouldn't be very no. practical in an event. <laughs> Uh, Julie rolled a one and you're down the manhole as well. All right. So when do you think live events will return to, to your, to your region? Well, I guess my opinion or more my hope uh, for live events to come back, definitely 2021, hoping for late Q3, early Q4 of this year. So what trends do you see occurring in the events industry? I think moving forward when we can start having Live events is going to be all about hybrid, no? Doing, being more accessible online, virtually for people, but also still sticking to the to the traditional way of uh, meeting and greeting and shaking hands and and being in the same room and networking in person. But I think hybrid is going to be event type for excellence moving forward. So related question. Do you think hybrid events will be the future of events? No, I definitely think that um, hybrid or I've heard someone also mentioning another name uh, instead of hybrid, uh, which was digital uh, okay. events. And it's the mix of uh, physical and digital. I, I kind of liked it, even though it's um, probably harder to say well uh, compared to hybrid. So yeah, definitely the future. That's why even though I didn't want it to jump in the virtual world, um, I kind of have to because I know that it's going to be, it's not just a trend uh, that is going to fly away somehow. How do you think Zoom fatigue is affecting virtual events? I think people are, are perhaps not being as efficient and, and it's not just because because of them. I think it's because the circumstance of being on Zoom all day long or pretty much all day from one meeting to the other. Somehow, most of us are being more online than doing the work mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Mm. You know what I mean? That perhaps we don't allow enough time to actually create because we are all day trying to use Zoom as a substitute of that human connection that we are missing so much. All right, Julie, you've wrote a one and oh, you're no. back down the same hole. Down. What are your top three daily frustrations? Technology. 
because this is something that is supposed to be working and helping our daily task to be working perfectly and faster. And sometimes you just have a bug and it's just not working. When I have a hole in my sock, I do quite have a lot of them. <laughs> this is, has been one of my nightmares since I was a kid. I don't have anyone coming to mind right now. That's Maybe okay. trying to fit everything in one day. Not only work, but also find the time to cook good meals and have family moments and also time for myself, taking uh, classes every uh, every month to improve some skills. So Sabina, you wrote a one. Oh, and you have reached the mint. Wow. Same question to you. When do you think live events will return? I think it's going to be gradual, like Julie said. It's going to be testing and you know having some events here and there just seeing how it goes and perhaps more to towards end of the year or beginning of the next year have um, a better system or more more live events in place certainly for uh, corporate sectors i guess all right julie wrote a nine almost um, there yeah almost Okay, so what's been your favorite virtual event so far as an attendee? I've attended one, I think it was last week, that was Buses for Homeless, organized by Brick the Ice, and it was very fun. It was small scale, and it was very dynamic and entertaining. Okay, so we pretty much reached the end. So I'm just going to finish off with a question for both of you. How many event technology vendors do you think currently exist now? In the thousands for sure. Maybe five thousands? That's ambitious, yeah. Julie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what okay. about you, Sandy? <laughs> so there's actually for one thousand. There's actually, yeah, that's right. There's a thousand. So it okay. has more than tripled in size. Um, wow. Yeah, just in the space of one year, which is pretty astounding. But I think the main question is also how many will stay? Oh, yeah. Well, again, <laughs> it's, it's the, same, uh, the same question as when we're going to go back to life. Like, who mm -hmm. knows? All right. Thanks so much and Thank have a great you. day.